Welcome to the I Got Happy Podcast, where we interview highly successful executives, experts, and entrepreneurs, and learn how they have found success where happy meets purpose. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Play with the I Got Happy podcast, and I have with me a very special guest, a major expert in the world of happiness and cultures, Joanna Brandy. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm happy. <laughs> of happy course to you're... be here with you. Happy to be here with you. Same here. Of course you're happy. But you know what? Tell us a little bit about what it means to be, number one, a certified chief happiness officer. And how did you become this person? You know, you, <laughs> you and I share so much in terms of like the background and everything, but I'd love to hear your story. How did you become chief happiness officer, Joanna Brandy? Well, it was a journey. <laughs> I, I began my career, actually, even before that, I left the company that I'd been working in in the corporate world, mm -hmm. and I knew that it wasn't fulfilling my soul anymore, mm -hmm. and there was a value change in the company with the change of management, so I decided to leave. I was at the top of my game in an entirely different business, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I, I really didn't know what I did best, mm -hmm. so I actually called my customers up. And I said, you've known me for 12 years. Wow. What do I do best? And they all said the same thing. You take care of your customers better than anybody else in the marketplace, and you've set the standard. So if you can teach people how to take better care of their customers, it'll be a sure thing. Now, of course, I knew nothing about it, but I had enough money in the bank to get me through a year. Mm. And I set out to find out what I created an acronym because no one used the word care. They use the word customer service. So I created this acronym called Create Authentic Relationships with Enthusiasm and Energy. Wow. And educated, I yeah. And then I just started writing articles. And before you know it, somebody called me an expert. So I wrote a book <laughs> <laughs> called Winning at Customer Retention, 101 Ways to Keep Them Happy, Keep Them Loyal, and Keep Them Coming Back. And that started it all. Wow. You, you know, you know, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about how you woke up one day and realized that, wait a second, happy customers is all because of happy employees. Right? Yeah. So, well, tell I, us that I, story. Well, because as I became a consultant and I walked around with a yellow pad, which is how I still do things, mm -hmm. asking people what they thought and how does it feel to work here and just lots of questions that I had. Every time I asked, people would, people would tell me what it felt like. Mm. And I kept hearing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. It was like a refrain almost. And people would say, how come they never notice when I do something right? Mm -hmm. But when I do something wrong, they're all over me. Wow. Wow. And you hear that a few times and you begin to wonder. So I started finally putting together the fact that the companies that were doing the best in taking care of their customers viewed their employees differently. Mm. And they understood that the number one customer was their employee, not the person that purchased their product. So I began to see the linkage. And of course, I read like crazy. I read every book that was out there at the time. And I was building my expertise. I was writing. Uh, I've been doing newsletters since the 80s. So, you know, I, I kept up with the newsletters and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's really very easy to see that the people that are well-treated well-recognized, well-acknowledged at work, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. have a different level of passion for the customers because now we know that because you know our favorite teacher, Dr. Martin Seligman, taught us that that emotions are contagious. Well, you've developed a body of knowledge of your own around positive psychology that I think Dr. Seligman would be proud of. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You know, I, mixed, I mixed and matched a lot of teachers. Well, well yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I would love for, for, for our audience to hear more about how you've taken these core ideas about positive psychology and you've started to shift them very much in the direction of how do companies actually make money from all this, right? What's the bottom line effect? How, how have you sort of come to that part of, you know, this whole equation? Well, the bottom line effect is the bottom line goes up. That's the bottom line effect. That's the bottom line effect. Here's what happens when you change, when you become a positive leader. And I, I'm always careful when I use that term because I use it all the time. And people infer that what I mean is the opposite of a negative leader. Mm. It's not the case. Positive leadership is about a deliberate, intentional style of leadership mm-hmm. that embodies the evidence-based science of happiness. Mm. So in other words, they're, they're coming at this from a very scientific point of view. Mm-hmm. We know that the human body works best when it's in the presence of positivity five times more than in the presence of negativity. We know that. Absolutely. We know that when we're in the presence of negative people, and you know that, everybody mm-hmm. knows that, you don't feel so good. You mm-hmm. feel kind of down. Your own energy level goes down. So when, when a leader is making a deliberate attempt using some of the tools that either I've developed or have come out of positive psychology, and I've combined both. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're using those tools on a regular basis, people feel better about working for them. Mm. So you can't motivate people. People motivate themselves. But when you're good to them, mm-hmm. when, when you see the, their strengths, when you see the best in them, Mm-hmm. When you see the light in them and you feed that back to them in the form of recognition and appreciation and celebration, they, they grow like a flower. Yeah. You know, and as, as so many people know, people quit their bosses usually, right? People quit their bosses. <laughs> exactly right. So, so, so quit if- their bosses. And sometimes they quit the culture because you can have a great boss, mm-hmm. but if you've got a culture that doesn't embody all of those things or that doesn't challenge you enough because as as you know from working with dr Mar- knowing dr martin seligman in in his later books his last book uh, mm-hmm. i believe was flourish mm-hmm. he talked uh, he talked about the five pillars mm-hmm. and that what we need pleasure engagement mm-hmm. we need relationships mm-hmm. we need meaning and we need accomplishment Mm. So as, as, as a boss, as a manager, as a leader, we want to make sure that our people are getting all the right balance. So some companies think that to, to make them happier, they need to buy a foosball machine and fill the cafeteria up with snacks. Yeah. Well, okay, that's good for pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a party. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But how can we challenge people to stretch outside? Their, I, I see the um, – I use a, a, like a, a bullseye. Mm-hmm. To look at a com- we, we people come to us in their comfort zone is about that big. Mm-hmm. As a leader, what we want to do is we want to move them into their stretch zone. Mm-hmm. We want to help them be more comfortable doing more, learning more, being more. Mm-hmm. The trick is, how do you do that without ever taking them into the panic zone? 
That's the gift of positive leadership. How can I, as a leader, move my people from the comfort zone into the stretch zone without ever touching the panic zone? Mm. You know, I really appreciate a couple of points you've made about positive psychology and how it's not the opposite of negative psychology either, right? (laughs) Like, you know, a lot of people think, hey, there's something wrong. Let's fix it. This is, something doesn't have to be wrong, right? Right. For us to start making it better. And that's kind of the side that you're on. How do you help leaders? Because I I think that's sort of your focus. How do you help help leaders really wake up to the the danger of not addressing the positive side uh, of these things and just letting organizations become whatever they're going to become? How do you help them see what's going on? There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of data out there. And what I have found, I work a lot with CEOs and because I, I work for an organization of CEOs. So they put me out in front of them. Um, they respond to data. Mm. So we look at the Gallup data. Mm-hmm. About Only about a third, maybe not quite a third of the American, and this is just, this is just in America, the American workplace, are actu- people are actually engaged in their work. Now, what do you want? Would you some rather are, have- Some are actively disengaged, right? <laughs> actively disengaged ones, yeah. they're dangerous because they're, dangerous. they're trying to undermine the ones that are, that are engaged. Mm-hmm. They're calling them names, they're making fun of them, they're doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that people are looking at, and now engagement and happiness are not the same thing, but they're so closely related, mm-hmm. it's hard to pull them apart. Mm. Because when you have the right kind of leader, you're finding out what people get engaged in. People get engaged when they have the opportunity to use their strengths. Mm -hmm. So when you as a leader have the ability to recognize somebody's strengths, know when they're in their strength, uh, catch them doing something right, Mm -hmm. bring it up to them, give them the opportunity to express their strengths, ask them the question, what makes you proud? Mm -hmm. You know, on a Monday morning. You know, what'd you do this weekend? And somebody says, uh, I built a new, uh, you know, I finally finished the new deck on my house. Mm -hmm. And you say, wow, that is spectacular. You know, I know that you are probably one of my most creative people. (laughs) I would love to be able to see some pictures of this deck because I've seen your your creativity work at work. Mm -hmm. And now I would love to see how it worked at home. Wow. How does that make somebody feel? Yeah, like like a a million dollars maybe? (laughs) Well, that is, but I think that is the million dollar ticket Yeah. because the companies that are doing this, the companies that are actually practicing this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and keeping it going, not having one, not having one seminar and then sending everybody off, but actually keep it going Mm -hmm. through through their beingness Mm. and their doingness, Mm. if that makes sense to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, Joanna, Joanna, as you've sort of articulated this, this, you know, field, if you will, of possibilities. You know, I'm reminded of something you said. You said that not every leader is on this path. And the leaders that you have helped the most are the ones that are sort of already on the path. Can you give us a sense of sort of what it means to be on the path and I guess also not on the path in terms of moving in this direction? Sure, sure. Um, uh, one thing that I look for is does the company have a set of values that are that are written down, that are easily articulated, and that everybody understands what they mean when I'm above when I'm above the line or when I'm below the line? Because that's a that's a real guiding light. And you'd be surprised how many companies either don't have them, or when you say to their employees, and I know because I interview them on the phone, and I say, so what are your values? And they go, uh, uh, let me get my wallet. <laughs> 
Okay, let me look at the wall. Let me let me look them up for you. Um, so I, th the companies that I work with either have a set of values or are interested in articulating them. A very large company I worked with, and I worked with them for over ten years, um, came to me when they had raised money for acquisition, mm -hmm. and they were out buying up other companies. Well, it took them only about a year to buy up all the good ones. <laughs> now they were buying companies that didn't share their culture. Mm. And what they were finding is the culture that the leader had built so deliberately. This man wanted a positive culture. He wanted to be a hero. He, he, he wanted, he loves people. Mm -hmm. But what was happening is he couldn't be everywhere. So we had to find a mechanism to put in place to teach people what, what they could do, how they could be to keep this culture uh, the way that it was intended to be. And I, I have to say I'm really so proud of it after having, I don't know, over 400 leaders that I trained in that particular organization, plus consulting and plus some work with their customer service people, that, um, you know, that, that, he's on a, that he's on a steady path. Mm -hmm. And last, last year, no, this year, in January, he turned the reins over to his son. Ah, so yeah. I feel like I was part of the legacy yeah, and, and of, of help, just helping them move it forward now with a very clear set of values yep. because we, we were able to understand what they were and they were never written down. Yeah, you know, you know, what you're saying is so powerful because values are contagious, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, if you don't have the right values in place, you can't pass it on and so on and so forth. Right. I'll tell you a, a short story. I was on an airplane once and. Um, we had to turn around and go back from, you know, to where we came from because uh, one engine blew on the right side or something like that. And so, That's yeah, so they were letting out all the, all the, you know, the fuel and making the plane lighter and going back. And so you can imagine everyone on the plane was afraid. We were scared, like, what's going to yeah. happen here? And then the, uh, the flight attendant started coming down the aisle and everybody was looking at her to see if she was going to be angry, afraid, uh, fearful, and whatever emotion she showed, we were going to copy it. <laughs> That's, you know. Absolutely. You know, so, those, so she was trained, as you've suggested, trained in the appropriate values of staying calm, you know, having, you know, leadership and poise. And therefore, all of us were able to go down and say, okay, fine, everything's going to be Oh, fine. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's really contagious. So you were able to get the right values, it looks like, transferred to the sun and so on and so forth. Yeah, and it, was a f and it was fun to do. And, and I, one of the best emails I've ever gotten, you know, people say, oh, let me see your testimonials. You know what the best testimonial I ever got is? What? An email from a man who said, my wife says I should write and say thank you. She doesn't know what you did to me, but she likes it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great testimonial. I know, awesome. I know. Now, you've, you've also, um, no, go ahead. You were going to say something. There. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, you've also, um, you know, try to make a distinction between so something you call return on happiness, okay? What do you mean by return on happiness? You know, people talk about return on investment, return yeah. on, you know, what, what exactly do you mean by return on happiness? Exactly the same thing as return on investment, but it's more like return on emotional investment. Mm. When you, because happiness in the workplace is really about emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. Do I understand enough rather than yelling at you? And I've been through this with leaders before, mm -hmm. especially in blue collar industries mm -hmm. um, where, you know, somebody does something wrong mm -hmm. and they get yelled at. 
or they get called out in front of all the other guys. Mm -hmm. uh, that diminishes them. Mm -hmm. that that shame that's there's still shame and blame cultures out there mm -hmm. and and that diminishes everything but when well when that leader knows enough to take a power pause which is something that i teach them how to do a power pause a power pause to just take a breath mm -hmm. to recognize that this yes that somebody did something that could be technically called wrong now how do i want to handle that so i'm not i'm not diminishing my future or theirs Mm. So it's that of that moment to say, okay, how am I feeling? What's going on here? What's the most appropriate response that's going to help me get to my vision mm -hmm. of creating happy customers, positive workplace, whatever that vision is? So it's the it's the discipline to stop mm. and evaluate and make a different choice in that moment to maybe not yell at that guy. Yeah, maybe to, maybe to ask a question. What happened here? Yeah. Let me know what you were, what you're thinking. You know, and do some, do so without that agitated, uh, the world is ending, banging on the desk kind of behavior. Yeah. That we unfortunately see more of now instead of less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of like if on that flight, if the attendant had started, you know, screaming and shouting, oh. we would all be screaming and shouting. Yes. Um, on that note, what do you think is the responsibility of followers? You know, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, the leaders, and I'm sure you do quite a, a bit of work also with training followers and employees. What is their responsibility to, cho to choose positive, positive feelings in oh, the workplace? Well, I, I, I let them know, and everyone in the organization that I have the opportunity to come in, 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 in contact with, that they are the point of origin. Mm. They are the point of origin. So, so their responsibility is to get up in the morning and make the choice. How am I going to be today? Mm. Who am I going to beat today? What am I going to bring to the world today? Am I going to shine my light? Mm -hmm. Am I going to look for things that are right? Am I going to inject kindness in every situation where the opportunity exists for me to inject kindness? Am I going to be patient? Mm -hmm. Am I going to really listen to what the other person has to say before jumping to a conclusion? This happens a lot between teams mm -hmm. when I work with different teams. You know, one team says this, the other team says that. He's not listening to me. He never, blah, blah, blah. You, I'm sure you've heard it, been with it. We all have been in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I think it's everyone's responsibility. It's the leader's responsibility to set the context, mm -hmm. to, have, to have his or her own set of tools. But every single person in the organization has a responsibility to start their day off by making a choice Mm. To be happy, to be positive, to be attentive, to be willing, to be open, to be listening, whatever it is that they intend for that day. So I bring that recognition and that consciousness to an organization. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you've made a very clear uh, connection between seeking positive feelings and seeking happiness and productivity in the workplace. Yeah. Do, you, do you have some specific steps that you could walk us through, you know, uh, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, but, you know, Joanna Brandy style, I mean, I don't know, but do you have some specific ideas about, about that that you walk your, your clients through uh, to get them to the promised land? Well, I, I do. Um, they're, they're not quite seven steps. The, yeah. first, the first one, though, is to, is to understand who you want to be as a leader. I mean, that's got to be, so who do I want to be as an employee? Everybody's leading. Whether you're leading a, a small organization, you're somebody like me that's a sole proprietor that's you know leading myself. Um, who do you want to be? 
how do you want to be seen as others and and what imprint do you want to leave on the world so how, how do you want to be that's the beingness of it mm -hmm. and i think that's everybody's responsibility and i don't think we ask that question enough of mm -hmm. ourselves mm -hmm. and we certainly don't always write it down so mm -hmm. From that beingness, uh, the step that I say is set an intention for the day. Today, I intend to. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other thing that I do to help build what you and I would probably call the happiness muscle, because mm -hmm. happiness like, is, is, is a muscle. Mm -hmm. and, and for those of us, and I'm, I don't know about you, but for those of us who are not genetically happy, there's, mm -hmm. there's 50% of our happiness is genetic. I was not born happy. <laughs> and for me, it's a discipline. Mm. And for, so, so when you know yourself and you know, boy, I just don't roll out of bed in the morning with that happy feeling every day. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to get there? That is, and so, then, that is so powerful. And, and everyone's different. But I just yes. want to say that I couldn't agree more with you about knowing that thing that makes you come alive so that you can sort of go with that flow. But go ahead. Yes, some of us have to prime the pump a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, why I'm an effective teacher because I'm I'm not Sally Sunshine. Mm. Uh, you know, I did not I it, did not grow up. That, I was raised by lawyers, so I was raised to look for what's wrong. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lawyers, by the way, have have a um, a fairly low rate of happiness, along with pilots uh, and you know nuclear power plant inspectors, people that need to find the things that are wrong. Yeah. Accountants are like that. Mm -hmm. uh, especially forensic accountants. So their, their mind is trained to looking for what's wrong. They have to learn, or I invite them to learn, to turn the switch, mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. able to say, okay, now I can look for what's right. Mm -hmm. Now I can lean towards, towards the sun. It's called the heliotropic effect. Like if you put a plant in the middle of the room and mm -hmm. you come back a day later, the plant has turned to look at the light. Toward, toward right? the sun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, but every, every human system Every single human system is, will go towards the light. Mm. But what you're doing is you're creating that light in an organization. And we do it through positive communication. So that, that's watching what comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. That's looking for the best in other people, mm -hmm. you know, and giving them that feedback. When I see you at your best, here's what I see. Yep, yep. And that's kind of how I got started. And by the way, I use that with my group of people, my group of influentials, people that have, uh, through the years been very um, uh, helpful in my life about every maybe four or five years I will mm -hmm. send an email around to the people that I know and say when you see me at my best what do you see mm. because I need to know how other people see me not just how I see me hmm. Joanna you Joanna you've talked um, quite a bit about learning right um, for, for those people who may not believe that you know it's nurture. It's a nurture world. They think it's by nature, as you said, fifty percent. You know, for those who don't believe they can learn uh, some of these happiness methods, do you do you have a way of approaching it that kind of helps helps them along? You know, maybe it's brain based learning, maybe it's physical activity. Do you have some approaches that help people? Well, there are always some exercises that I do in a class that give people an experience. Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And when I when I I'll tell you. The most powerful one I'm using now, and I'm using it mostly with CEOs, but I've mm -hmm. also used it at the levels of the organization. I developed a, um, I think I have it here. Well, this one's not filled in, but I developed, I don't know, can you see this? Yep, absolutely. Little, okay. So I get a group of four CEOs sitting around this little thing, 
-hmm. And I put the word happy culture over here. Is that what that says? Mm -hmm. Yeah, happy, happy culture. culture yep. And then I say, okay, what are the direct effects of happy, having a happy culture? Mm -hmm. and, and they fill it in. So maybe a direct effect is that you have a happy customer. Well, what's the secondary effect of having a happy customer? Well, they, they write good things on our Yelp page. They refer other people, et cetera, et cetera. And, and when I'm done with a group, I, I actually bring all these home. I don't know what I'm going to do with them all. But I bring all these home. Um, I'll, I'm going to make some sort of cartoon out of it, I'm sure. Uh, when I bring all these home, they're filled in, even out to the borders where they, they come with things I haven't even thought about. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is I ask them to put a dollar sign next to anything that will either save them money mm -hmm. or bring them money. And you would be shocked. You would be shocked. And they're always shocked to go, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I never thought if I was nicer to my vendor, that my vendor would make sure that we got, when there was a shortage of product, that my vendor would make sure that we got it first. Well, I never thought about that. This is what I call the spillover effect. Because we know from what we learned in science that when people are feeling a positive emotion, they take it out, mm -hmm. they take it out, and they take it out. So if I walk away from this, this lovely meeting with you today mm -hmm. and walk out my door, I am more than likely going to be way more friendlier than if <laughs> I walked out the door thinking about, oh, wow, I got a blog to write or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's really powerful stuff. And I can see how they, they would leave a meeting like what you've described going, wow, all these connections between happiness and income. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happiness yeah. and real money, which, yeah. is, which is one of the things that, that um, you know, people sometimes can't see the, the connection. And that's the important thing is that they do see it because medical bills go down Mm -hmm. When people are happier because their physiology changes, their mm -hmm. stress levels go down, mm -hmm. people become smarter. You're three to ten times more creative when your body is in a positive state than a negative state. So, like, who wouldn't want their staff to be three to ten times more creative? Yeah. Because yeah. when, you're, when, you're, when you're angry, when you're upset, it shuts down the front part of your brain, which is the creative thinking executive part. You know, one of the, one of the stats that, just on that note, that I've heard that, and I use, and I'm sure you use this as well, that I find mind-boggling mind is that companies spend, what, $300 billion a year on managing stress? Oh, at least. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and they lose about $500 billion a year to disengaged employees. Yeah. That's... But ask them to pay for training. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Now, that's that's the challenge. There's, there's, and, and many companies, with all due respect to the companies who have very robust training programs mm -hmm. and ongoing training, uh, and, and, and many companies do. Uh, it's just that th those things, soft, those soft things mm -hmm. um, are so hard in the results. It's a real result when people don't feel appreciated if they're not getting training. Mm. And these last two generations, Generation X, and I mean Generation Y and Generation Z, if you're not giving them training, which will help them further their careers, they don't need to stay with you. Yeah. They hop right onto LinkedIn and they go look for another job. Yeah. Loyalty is, is, uh, is a tough one. You know, I love what you said earlier. You said that um, people need to start thinking about happiness as the new productivity. Absolutely. What, what do you mean by that? You can, the statistics show that you can get 31% more productivity Mm -hmm. when you are using these tools in the workplace. Mm. 
Mm. And when you, and you know, we hide behind the statistics a lot, but do a survey, go out and ask people yeah. when you're feeling good about your job and when you're feeling good about your relationship with your teammates and your boss, are you more productive? I have never heard anybody say, no, I suck slacking off. <laughs> I don't hear that. What happens is people say, oh, I get so juiced. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what that's where the juice is, is knowing that somebody is going to recognize you as this incredible human being that has all these talents. What I found in organizations, which is a real tough thing to deal with, mm-hmm. is that some people don't perform well because they're not in the right job. Mm. They're the right person, mm-hmm. but they haven't been allowed to have input into creating a job that will use their strengths. Mm-hmm. So what happens? when you don't use your strengths enough is you become disengaged. Mm. And sometimes you have to reclassify or sort of tweak the job to yeah. your strengths as, as opposed to quitting, right? <laughs> as opposed to I had someone work for me when I was in the corporate world mm-hmm. that was so valuable to me that after the first year or two, she walked in, she said, okay, I'm bored. And here's what I'd like to do. And I said, we don't, we don't create, back then, I said, we don't create jobs for people. This is the work that has to be done. She said, okay, then find somebody else to do it because wow. I'm finding that I'm getting unhappy. And if you add this element in and take that element out, and you know what? I loved this woman so much and appreciated her so much and needed her so much that year to year, when she came in with her list of what she didn't want to do anymore, <laughs> I listened. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you worked with her to, to reclassify the job to use her strengths. And she eventually became the marketing director. Nice. Nice. Now, you know, Joanna, obviously, there's so much that, that we could learn from you. But if you had just your top three nuggets of advice for anyone in either a leadership position or even a followership position in an organization, what would you say, hey, do this, this, and that to get started on the happiness journey? Okay. I would say the first thing is, I would quote William James, American psychologist William James, to say that, that every human being's deepest need is the need for appreciation. Mm. So the first thing I would do is say, practice appreciation. So stop, set a timer on your phone three to five times a day to just stop for just a couple of moments and write down some of the things you appreciate and then go tell them, especially about people, and go tell them, I really appreciate when you, when you do it this way um, because I think that's the, the first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the second thing is uh, to understand that the physiology, of, uh, to really understand the physiology of happiness. And what you, what you stand to gain uh, by getting into a space where you are finding yourself in positive emotion more often. And I think the other one is, is this little, you know, bubble chart that I use over here mm-hmm. is, is really, really get into your head the fact that you do not exist uh, alone. Mm. Is that every action, is that every word, every question, every, every interaction that you have with another person is something that's going to send that other person off either feeling good or feeling bad, to, to, to broadly say it. What can you do to make sure that everybody that leaves an interaction with you is feeling, and this is the first question I ask when I have CEOs introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. When a person leaves the interaction with me, I want them to leave feeling, and I leave the blank. Mm, they fill in the blank. They fill in the blank. So here are some of the things that I hear. Uh, I want them to feel inspired. 
I want them to feel known. I want them to feel heard. I want them to feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel smart. I want them to feel important. So, but, but bringing that to the surface that you go to the grocery store and you say to yourself, how do I want to leave the clerk in the grocery store feeling today when, when, when he or she is in my presence? Mm -hmm. That to me is the, the singular thing that matters most is what is your intention for how you will leave that other person feeling? Mm. Just sort of mediocre or leaving them miserable or leaving them feel like they were just touched by magic. Wow. Can I tell you how you, you've left me feeling right now? Sure. Energized and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what my program is called, Positive Energizer. But, so that's what we need, Positive Energizers. Oh, really? Yeah, because you, know, you really, really do embody and it looks like, truly live these principles. And th there's nothing more powerful than that. I just want to thank you so much for sharing uh, with us today uh, some of your insights. I love doing this. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk again soon, but thanks for coming on our show. May I, may I offer our listeners a, a special report on how to create a happy workplace? Absolutely. Okay. So if they go to returnonhappiness.com mm -hmm. slash happy place, mm. They can get my 12 ways how to make your workplace a happy place. Actually, I was going to ask for how people can get a hold of you, but that's a good place to start. Now, that's if, a good if, place to start. If, if they uh, want to connect with you on LinkedIn or on another website, where would they go? I'm, I'm, in, I'm on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a Return on Happiness uh, Facebook page. Okay. I'm not quite as active as I should be there. <laughs> uh, and my email is joanna at returnonhappiness.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much, Joanna, for being with us. Oh, today. thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure. You've got a beautiful smile. And it's been, <laughs> it, it, it really does feel like I'm here with you. I can feel your energy through the, through the uh, screen here today. Well, so it's the power of happy it. podcasting, right? I know. <laughs> I want to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk again soon. Have a great day. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the I Got Happy podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.